Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to the fig tree, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Welcome to the Final Days Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the events of Jesus' life during the Holy Week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, leading up to what happens eventually on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. This week, we'll be discussing the events of each of these days and talking about how these very real events address our lives today. Today on Holy Monday, I'm here with Zach and Jesse Seems to talk about the cursing of the fig tree. Zach and Jesse have been attending Compass for about a year now and work as missionaries with the campus ministry crew as they reach out to students, particularly intercultural students, with the gospel. Thank you guys for being here. We're really glad to have you. Thank you so much for having us. It's uh, an honor. Yeah, thank you. Of course. So would you two just share with us a little bit how our text for today has impressed on you or impacted you? Yeah, I think um, as we were reading this and preparing, one of the first things that kind of stuck out is you can read this um, like you just did in Matthew, and um, you get a slightly different story than you get in Mark. Mm -hmm. In Matthew, it's all condensed, the fig tree withers immediately, and it's told as if it happened right then, right there, all at once. Whereas in Mark, uh, you get a slightly different story where Jesus curses the fig tree, and then the next day they come back and it's already withered. Mm Mm-hmm. When you look at Matthew, he's telling a much more narrative story. And so you've got the whole story of the fig tree just condensed into one section. And he talks about, oh, the fig tree was cursed and it withered immediately. Mm-hmm. Was that over one? Was that right then in 10 seconds or was that over the course of one day? If I saw a tree that was cursed and then the next day it was totally withered, for me, that'd still be pretty close to immediately. Yeah, no um, doubt. Whereas Mark, he's telling it, he bookends the uh, cursing the fig tree, bookends him clearing out the temple. Mm-hmm. I think what's also cool is that, um, I guess what it's saying, like, who cares that Jesus cursed a tree that didn't have any fruit? Like, there's no trees, no fruit on any of the trees right now. It's, it's not even fruit season yet. Mm-hmm. But the trees then, that tree had its leaves, which... If you know anything about a fig tree, I just learned this. If it has its leaves, it should have its fruit. And so Jesus was like, it has leaves, but no fruit. And so that's why Jesus was like, this is not how it should be. And so that's why he cursed it. Yeah. And this is a really provocative topic. And it's really easy to read past the scripture on a surface level and to not come away with anything. But when we look further into the pictures and understand the symbolisms and what's going on here in other accounts of gospels and really take time to understand what the original audience would have heard, we get a very different picture. But we're missing some pieces of the puzzle of this story. We as modern day listeners or readers don't really grasp the full meaning of this story just from our own perspective. What's the puzzle piece that we're missing here about what Jesus is doing? Yeah, I think it is interesting to think about like, yeah, we're going to miss, we're probably going to miss a lot. How many of us have even seen a fig tree? (laughs) I don't think I have. It's not something I've ever interacted. Heck, I've hardly ever interacted with figs. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of deeper symbology and meaning that oof, goes right over our heads. Yeah. And uh, a, a big one is just that I think Israel was a fig tree in the Old Testament. Like it was referred to as that many times. 
And so as Jesus curses this fig tree, there's a lot of symbolism and prophecy happening um, that this is culturally the original audience would understand that this is talking about Israel. It's not just talking about a tree that Jesus was angry with. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we really do miss that symbolism because we don't understand necessarily from a, a face value the symbolism of a fig tree. It's like the old adage that comes from the Old Testament saying that people will sit under their own vine and fig tree. Israel is the fig tree. And the people will sit under that blessing of whatever this fig tree is. And there's a lot of symbolism about trees in Old and New Testament, even the, the parable of the vineyard owner. Israel is symbolized a lot as this vine or fig tree that is God, and God is the gardener. But what's wrong with this fig tree? Why does Jesus curse it and immediately cause it to wither? Yeah, so just, I mean, that symbolism between the fig tree and Israel, like these were God's chosen people. They were just like the fig tree. They were doing everything right. They probably had books of the Bible memorized. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like the fig tree, their leaves were growing, but they were showing no fruit. They, like, deep down, did they, were their hearts really changed? Were their motives in line with what Jesus wanted? Probably not. I mean, obviously not. Jesus cursed the fig tree, and it's right. a direct symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, it's this thing that is in full bloom, and when it's in full bloom, it should be bearing fruit, and yet it's not. They, you go look at the tree, and there's no fruit. All the signs are there of health and this being something that is good, but deep down something is very wrong if there's no fruit coming. Mm-hmm. And this is... On Holy Monday, this is the start of a very important week in Israel's history. Of any point in time, this is one of the times where Israel should be bearing fruit. Because there are pilgrims, there are people coming for the festival, the religious leaders are supposed to be leading this festival, and yet what you're saying, and what I think Jesus is also saying, is that they were not bearing any fruit. In fact, they were very, very much bearing bad fruit instead of what they should have been doing. So what is this supposed to mean for us? the cursing of the fig tree. What does that say for modern day readers of this text? I think, I mean, if you compare like that symbolism to the people that God was comparing it to, and then that to us, it's like, do we want to be like those people or like that tree that puts on Mm. this front or wears a mask, wears a mask that says like, Oh, this is how I want to present myself. Or it's like deep down in our hearts, like, where where do we stand with God? Like, he's not looking. He doesn't care if he sees us serve at the food pantry and help the old lady cross the street or even just, like, be kind to our neighbor. I mean, be kind to our neighbor is good, but it's, like, what's on the inside? Mm. Is their heart there so that the other neighbor thinks, like, oh, like, they're being nice or, like, they're serving to check it off the box? It's, like, where where's our heart? We want to be genuine. And so, like, are we truly bearing fruit um, if we are ripe and in season and especially for the people that have been in the church for years and have the knowledge like are our actions representing what we know and ultimately what God wants us to be doing mm-hmm. to love him and love others yeah and I, I think of like the anointing of David when when um, God spoke to Samuel and said the Lord doesn't look on outward appearances he looks on the heart. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying we can do all these good things, but what matters at the end of the day is is our heart. I mean, the Pharisees probably thought they were doing pretty good things, but their hearts were very far from God. 
And that's what ultimately caused their judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think deep down it really does come to a point of like, do we really have a relationship with Jesus? Um, the Pharisees, they had, they know the Bible way better than I know the Bible. Mm-hmm. They had the whole Old Testament memorized. They oh, there are some big books. Oh my gosh, I can <laughs> I, can I struggle memorizing verses. <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah, they knew it all. They followed the law down to the dot. They did everything, but there was no relationship with God. They weren't doing it to have a relationship with God. Um, deep down, they probably weren't even doing it to be really good religiously, um, but rather to, I think like Jesse was saying, like, what are other people going to think of us? What mm-hmm. do we, what do we need to do? And I might be wrong about that because I don't know their hearts, but God clearly did know their hearts mm-hmm. and God knows our hearts. And I think this can stand as a warning of like, Hey, take, take, take some time and look at your heart and see, yeah. Do you do you really believe this, or are you just going through the motions? I spent a lot of my like high school into college being very much just a good on the outside Christian. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought I was doing well, and uh, inside I was pretty rotten. I was completely living in sin. A lot of, most people didn't know that. God knew that, and. Mm-hmm. Here, Jesus knows that. He knows what's really on the inside. And I, I think it's interesting with the fruit tree. Like It's a little bit more clearly, even, even in the New Testament, it talks about like how do you know someone's really following Christ? Well, you're going to see their fruit, yeah, the fruit of their lives. And here, Jesus is like, here's a tree that looks like it should have fruit, but we see mm-hmm. no fruit. And so he, he knows us and even gives us ways to be able to evaluate ourselves of like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm not seeing any fruit in my life. Maybe I do need to go back to God and start processing that with him. Right. Yeah. And we can go back to the, the whole gospel of Matthew and see there are really instances where Jesus calls out their faulty motives and the actions that they do that are motivated for their own self-consciousness. Like yeah. standing and praying on the street corners to look good in front of other people. Exactly. Like painting themselves with ashes when they're fasting so that they look really deprived and really, really pious and holy. But what's really the heart motive for what we're doing? Like, do we do what we do as Christians because we love Jesus or because I want other people to think highly of me? And that's something that I fall to a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's definitely a challenge and it's, Kind of on one hand, it's good to know that it was a challenge back then too. Yeah, yeah. Like not much has changed in the 2,000 years. We still struggle with the exact same sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's we get to look back and read about this story and go, oh, if I am at that place, like, okay, I have the Bible showing me this isn't what God desires. And so how do right. I need to change that in my life? How can I work through that? Because yeah. God still wants me even if I am like that. He mm. desires heart change. Yeah. He desires faithfulness above all other things. Yeah. And I mean, God sent tons of prophets to Israel over the years, warning them of this coming judgment that was going to happen. And I love the way that Micah sums it up when he says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a, thousand, or with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? 
He has shown you, O mortal, mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I think what God desires more than an outward appearance is true faithfulness of our hearts. Yeah, and it's interesting here in Micah, he's talking to Israel's leaders. Yeah. Just as so much of Jesus' discourse is with Israel's leaders, so too 800 years before, it's a very similar conversation mm-hmm. it's that God is having to have with the people. Like, hey, this is what I want from you. Mm-hmm. And 800 years later, that's still what he wants, and he's still not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and even today, that's what he wants from us. He yeah. doesn't want us to be fake, or he wants us to come to him. And I mean, I even think with like my day-to-day, am I trusting God? Well, if I'm so stressed about everything I need to get done, and how is this going to happen, is this, well... Does that reflect that I'm trusting God? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I say I trust God. I do. But when it comes down to it, like, he just wants our hearts. Like, mm-hmm. Are we going to surrender to him and let him take control? Like, beyond being fake, like, I don't want to be like the fig tree. But, like, it takes even more than that. Like, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, I think we can look at this verse in Micah and go, it gives us some reassurance of like, well, what is the fruit that we need to see in our lives? Like if, if you're hearing this and like, oh, am I bearing fruit? Am I worried about that? If you're worried about that, well, do you act justly? Do you love mercy? Do you walk humbly with God? That's what he desires. Yeah. And so because that's true, the question is not how good of a person are you? How, how many good deeds do you do on a weekly basis? How much do you follow the law? The question is, really, will we walk faithfully with God? Will we pursue mercy and justice? Will we walk humbly with the Lord? Will our faith be some external thing that just leads us to do some weekly observance of religious activities? Or will our faith lead us to be changed by who God is? Will our faith allow Christ to change our hearts so that we can love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Will we walk faithfully? Thank you for listening to the Final Days Podcast.